0: Christy? Yes, Edith. What's pollen? I don't know. Pollen is what happens when flowers can't keep it in their plants. (laughs) Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong.
1: Upside Down Tulips.
0: Christy. Hello, Edith. How are you? Hanging in there. Hey, we're in the basement and I see a new bookshelf and I see a new kitty cat. Yes, we got a little buddy for Leonardo Dicatrio and this is Cat Winslet. But more importantly, you got a buddy for the old bookcase. You just never want to have just one. We got extra bookcases and extra cats. Exactly. It looks great down here, Christy. And I love that we're back in the basement. Yeah, me too. Hey, We launched our patron club. Yes, the garden party. The garden party. We have a garden party. And so, folks, if you want to become a sponsor, if you want to support Upside Down Tulips because you like to garden or you like Christy and Edith or you get some entertainment when you listen to the show or some... And information information and infotainment. Oh, nice. Yes, thank you. And people already have. Yeah. I never thought that I would get any kind of a patron. Oh, my gosh. I feel like, like Caravaggio in Venice or something. Yes. Or you Michelangelo. Know? He or had Michelangelo, patrons, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. It's really nice. It's great. You know, though, what I'm kind of interested about is that so far people are um, signing up for some of the higher-end patrons. Yes, like the Pope would. You don't need to be the Pope. You don't. No. The The one category that people haven't signed up for yet is the $2 a month patron. And we call that the curmudgeon. (laughs) Christy, you know what I was thinking? You know what we should call that instead of the curmudgeon? Hmm. We should call that the Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Right. Wasn't Bernie the one that started the whole $2 here, $3 here? Yeah. Plus, Plus, who doesn't love Bernie? He's such a curmudgeon. He goes to the inauguration dressed in an old jacket and mittens that some nice lady in Vermont made. You the know, the Bernie Sanders, the Bernie Sanders slash curmudgeon. We would love, you know, we know it's a two tough bucks time. a month, twenty four dollars, two bucks a month. That would just say, "Gosh, look at this wonderful person." That would be great, and you get some rewards for it. You do. You get first of all our eternal gratitude, and you get access to our special Facebook group, and access to bonus events and um, cool programs. Very cool. So cool. Absolutely. But, you know, maybe you're thinking, you know, I haven't lost my job. Maybe I want to move a little bit up in the world. Then you could be a... A lawn chair lettuce. Which, if you listen to the show, you <laughs> understand what that is. If not, it's just weird. But then, you know, what else is new? I put a lawn chair over my lettuce to shade it so it would last longer. <laughs> and it, it, sounds pre- it sounds pretty, doesn't it? It does sound pretty. Lawn chair lettuce sounds yeah. beautiful. And that's just five bucks a month. Five bucks a month. That is about a cup of coffee a month, right? Yeah, if you think, hey, I'd love to buy Christy and Edith a cup of coffee. We'll share. Christy and I would share. We'll <laughs> each have a half of a cup because we're not greedy. I'll have the left half. <laughs> uh- <laughs> okay. That leaves the right half. Okay. <laughs> and with the launcher Lettuce, you get all of the same things that the curmudgeon gets. And you also get special recognition on our website and... A curated package of seeds from yes. our gardens. Yes, that Christian and I have collected. So the only place in the world that you can get these seeds is from Upside Down Tulips. If you're a lawn chair, lettuce that is person or higher. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So if you want to become a patron and join the garden party, just go to our website and there's a link for you to click on. It'll probably take you under a minute. That's perfect. com. Nice. Hey, what's happening with Denver Urban Gardens? You don't have much more time if you want to sign up. And remember, it goes by income. So if you have no money to have, if you have no extra money, you don't have to pay anything. And you can get 10 packets of seeds and you can get 10 seedlings. That's a great deal. It's a great deal. They want people to grow something. And I wrote to Brittany at Denver Urban Gardens and asked her, does she know any other programs across the country? And she mentioned to me that ne- there's also a program that's similar in Detroit called Keep Growing. No kidding. And it's part of Detroit's garden resource program. And for folks who live in Portland, Oregon, there is an organization called Growing Gardens. Oh. Which makes me think there must be one in almost every major city there that will do be. this. You you would think so. Free yeah. seeds, free seedlings. Yeah, you, you would think. And if you have a little bit of extra cash, you can be one of those people that put some money towards it, helping the people that don't have any.
1: Yeah, so, that's nice. Yeah,
0: look it up. It's www.dug.org, yes, right? Yes, dot Doug.org. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did I tell you that um I ordered a coffee cup for myself from our merch because you had to give yours away? Because <laughs> I gave mine away, so I ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was And some nice. stickers. So I get like 50 cents of that. That's so you cool. You do. You do, right? We get that's kind of a weird <laughs> system. Um, but don't forget folks that if you want to check out our merch, we've got um, That's that's short for Endies merch and That's right. If you want to get a t-shirt or um oh, how about an upside down tulips notebook and then you can do all of your 2021 garden planning in it. What what about what about an upside down tulips Tote. Then yes. you can tote your garden plans in the tote. You know, I don't do enough toting. I, I've i been meaning to talk to you about that. You've meaning to have me a tote talk about yes, my toting? Yes, yes. Christy, why aren't you toting? Tight. You should tote My more. time is tight <laughs> for toting. Too tight for toting? Too, yeah, really? too much time. Okay. We'll let I, it go. I you have know, to I'll make time you. for that's toting. Fine. That's fine. That's great, Christy. Okay. Do we have anything else before we do our garden update? I don't think we have any more business for this week, Christy. I think I think we've covered it. Okay, well, how's your garden, Edith? Um, Dead, brown, <laughs> crispy. <laughs> <laughs> or another way to say it, it's sleeping. Yeah, hibernating. It's hibernating. It's, it's resting. resting. There you go. It's gathering itself for next summer. Lots of stuff happening underground. Yep. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. How's yours? The same. You know, folks, we live three blocks away from each other, so there's not going to be that much difference. But I do have some updates. Last week, I said I'd figured out what kind of zucchini plant I had that was so amazing. Yes. And you asked me what kind it was, and I said it was botanical interest. Yes. And then you said, what kind of that? And then I had no idea. Did you find out? Yes. (laughs) Good for you. It's called a black beauty zucchini. There's black beauty uh, eggplant. Oh, that's interesting. That is interesting. Okay, because, yeah, because just saying generally it's from the seed company isn't all that helpful. (laughs) No, no, no. Not really, but, you know, we appreciate you anyway. Um, That's good to know. Black Beauty, if you want, and the whole point of it was it it didn't spread over her entire garden like mine did, and then you can't plant anything else. And also, I went seed shopping. Seed shopping? Yes. Live or through a catalog? Live. Really? Yes. I went nuts. Who nut- has seeds already? I, I went to Ectors, which is um, a Denver local nursery. Mm-hmm. I had a 50% off coupon. Excellent, excellent. Oh, you look She Do want to see how the many seeds I seeds bought? With. Okay. I went nuts, Edith. I bought like oh my gosh. Like 30 packets of seeds. Oh my gosh, Christian. I don't know what I was thinking. I That's went after. Very insane. Anything that you've never planted before? Delphinium. It's a flower. Oh, I love delphinium. Um, But I got herbs and beans and cucumbers and cauliflower and zinnias. So, Christy, a lot of these flowers you're mentioning, we can talk... You maybe bought them for your winter sewing. I did. Aha. Yes. We're tying the whole thing together. It's like a thread. Yeah. So, I got some new types of flowers and I got some ornamental grasses, which I know you love ornamental grasses. I don't really so. love them. But no, you love they're... them. Look at these. I got these bunny tails. Aren't those cute? Yes. That's a cute picture. But I'm very excited about the delphinium because that's such a big, big, beautiful flower. And of course, I always, every year, I always get the state flower. Columbine. Rocky Mountain Columbine. Every time I grow it, though, I never, it comes out, it doesn't come out blue. It comes out purple. So I don't know what the hmm. deal is that. So we'll see if I get it blue this year. Okay. Okay. And I bought some houseplants. Okay, good. I, do you ever find in the winter that you just need to put more attention into your houseplants because you can't go out into the garden? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I was I tell you, I was at the nursery <laughs> and they had they had this buy one, get one, 50 percent off, and I saw all these houseplants and I kinda of went nuts. I, I, are those two of them that I'm looking yes, at right I got, here in your beautiful I got office down snake, here? I got a snake plant and a Chinese evergreen, and and a pothos. So very easy plants. My cats are enjoying chewing on them. So, you know, I have a snake plant. That's also is that the one that's also called mother-in-law's tongue? Yes. Also, Sansevieria. Sansevieria. I have one, Christy. I think it's probably thirty years old. Nice. It is. Must be big. Oh gosh. It, Maybe four to five feet tall. Yeah. Well, we'll see how tall this one gets. The cats tipped over this one today, so I had to repot it and put it back in. So we'll see Kiddies. how long it lasts. I know they look very guilty right now. And remember last time we were talking about marigolds? Yes. And I did a little research on marigold seeds oh, tell me, so you friend, can have the, the right Oh, the French time. marigold thing. Yes, that marigold plant roots produce a toxic chemical that will kill not- nematodes, as well as other harmful nematodes that feed on plant roots. And they have a scent that will keep pests away like mosquitoes, cabbage worms, and other pests. So when it comes to using marigolds for pest control, the one you want to get is French marigolds. They've been proven the most effective. Now, mine have a very distinct smell, so I don't know if they're French or not, but they really do have a strong smell. Uh, and, I heard you say something like "not nematodes." What do you mean? K N O T nematodes. Oh, K N O T, not something that's like not human, human. Oh, I <laughs> right. see. I see. Okay. Okay. Not K N O T. Okay, got it. Yeah. So let's get a nematode for that French... ties itself into a knot. What the heck is that? Now, okay, I'll research that and come Please back. Please research week. that. Do not be so unthorough. <laughs> 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 So I guess I know what my research project is for this week to find out what the heck not nematodes are. Thank you. I thought it was going to sound so smart. And you did. You know, you did. It was smart even though it was incomplete. Well, folks, if you hear words or terms you're not familiar with or you want a good laugh, check out the Upside Down Dictionary on our website. Soon to be up there, not nematodes. And if you want to see pictures of our gardens, inspirations, and gardening jokes, visit us on Facebook, Instagram, or Pinterest. Christy, I was going to talk about my Bokashi experiment. Oh, yes. Well, I don't have a lot to say except that November 4th, I put a bunch of kitchen slop into a bucket. It's called the Bokashi method of composting. So it's been in there for what? November 4th, December... Over two months. Over two months. And I opened it up today, and what I can say is it doesn't stink. That's that amazing. That is so weird. It's so weird. You put spent beer grains in it, but I can still make out that it's food. It's not turned into soil yet. Okay. I'll send you a picture. Maybe we can post it on our um, Facebook page. Yes, absolutely. Ashes maybe, to ashes. Maybe we'll just like make it special for the patrons to get to look into my Bokashi bucket. <laughs> <and> watch her <laughs> decomposing. yes. Watch the rotting food. (laughs) That's what you get. I bet there are YouTube channels where people watch that stuff. Oh, gosh. Rotting food. Let's not go there because I... uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Hello.
1: (laughs) Hey, this is Johnny Hard Scribble, a journalist and a sports writer. That's right, from the newsroom of a major metropolitan newspaper. Hard-boiled. A man of few words. Like Humphrey Bogart, only taller. Yeah, but then newspapers started failing. Shutting down. Leaving me unemployed. Leaving me in fear for our democracy. I didn't know what to do. I was depressed. And then some dame gave me a packet of sunflower seeds. What the hell am I going to do with these, I asked myself. I ripped open the pack and threw the seeds away. And by away, I mean I tried to toss them into my garbage can, but I missed, and they went everywhere. I didn't even pick them up. I left them to die. That's fine, I thought. Just another little murder in the city. But then, something happened. The seeds took root, and sunflowers grew. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't water them. I didn't fertilize them. I didn't do any of the stuff good gardeners do. And they grew anyway. There they were, 10 sunflowers in my yard, growing taller than me with their big, beautiful, sunny faces. And then I saw the bees come. And then I saw the birds eating the seeds. So now there's birdsong in my backyard. My mood lifted. I hate to admit it, but I got a little... happy. Just a little. And then I realized, this was my Hail Mary. Growing something. Next summer, maybe a tomato, I don't know. I don't want to go crazy. But damn, that was fine watching those sunflowers grow. Yeah, grow something. It nourishes your soul.
0: Hi. Hi, listeners. How are you? We're back. And we are going to, well, Christy's going to, because she knows everything about it, about winter sewing. Now, let's be clear. That's not spelled (laughs) S-E-W-I-N-G. She's not like, you know, got her little sewing machine, making pajamas. No. It's a method of sewing, like we sow seeds into the ground in February, I guess, why don't I just let her start talking? Christy, hi. Hi. <laughs> um, so when I first started gardening, I would plant seeds in the ground, or I most of the time I would go to the nursery and buy seedlings, mm-hmm. which are expensive. Or you don't get the kind that you want. Exactly. Um, and I discovered a method of outdoor seed starting called winter sowing. So this is outdoor seed starting, okay, in the winter. As opposed to doing it inside. Okay. In a nutshell, what it is, is you recycle any kind of container with a lid. I use a milk jug. And you turn it into a mini greenhouse. You fill the bottom half with soil and seeds and tape it together. And you put the whole thing outside and let the seeds decide when they want to germinate. Oh, wow. They germinate at the right time. And your plants will be better adapted to your climate than plants that you started indoors or bought at the store. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because indoors, right, maybe they feel forced to come up because it's warm in here. They're and- so happy, the perfect conditions. And also think about when you start seeds indoors, it takes a lot of room in your house. It takes a lot of room, yeah. And yeah. you need to have all that equipment. And you have to have to do it at the right time or they end up, getting too leggy by the t- and weak by the time you want Such to plant a good point. them. This sounds perfect, Christy. Well, the person who really started to champion it is a woman named Trudy Davidoff. And she was back in the late 90s, and she was participating in seed swaps, and she got all these seeds, and she was trying to figure out how she was going to have room in her house to start all these seeds, that she had to buy all this expensive equipment and grow lights. And then she had this epiphany when she realized that seeds start outside in the winter all the time on their own. Plants in the wild have no trouble at all propagating themselves. So she thought about all the seeds she had that needed stratification in order to germinate. And suddenly it hit her to try to grow them outside and let Mother Nature do all the work for her. Well, that makes perfect sense because I've often thought about that. Like right now my garden, although nothing is growing, it's got seeds all over it because plants have dropped their seeds. And even if we get a warm day here in Colorado, they mm-hmm. don't come popping up. They know they, they know when to stay asleep. Wait. They know it. Okay. But the, one of the problems with Mother Nature doing it is that birds can take the seeds away. Uh Aha, if it's just outside. Right. Wind could put them in a place where you don't want them. Uh Uh-huh. And so this is a way to save money, not have to invest in grow lights, not have to buy them at the grocery store, and then when it's finally time to um, take the plants out, you don't have to harden them off. These plants have been grown outside, so they've already been hardened off. Oh, of course. Okay. Okay they right. also they also will germinate earlier you know what i have seen i've seen your stuff start coming up and i was always shocked at how early it was because sometimes it's still really really cold but you have created a little tiny greenhouse in these milk jugs of yours well should we talk about how to do it yeah okay well now many people will start it in december a lot of people will start at the solstice on December 21st. Huh. It all kind of depends on, I guess, where you consider winter to be in your area. For some people, it might be earlier when all the leaves are gone and there's snow on the ground. For some people, it might be later. But I think the nice thing about it is that there's zero need for urgency. You just do it when you have the time and it looks like it's winter out there. (laughs) That should be easy to tell (laughs) if you don't have a calendar. (laughs) Look outside. <laughs> How's the weather? Look outside. So in January and February, I will winter sow perennial flowers that need stratification. So a perennial flower is a is a flower that will come back year after year after year. Uh huh. And stratification is a flower or a vegetable that needs the um, moist, cold dormancy and the the frost and the thaw, the freezing and the thaw Uh of the ground to help the seed germinate. Like like an asphalt road that gets cracked because cold, freezing, and it gets cracked. Same thing. Beautifully done. It's an analogy. (laughs) That's very good. (laughs) Thank you. Well, examples of this, purple coneflower, black-eyed Susan, foxglove, delphinium, daisies, yarrow, veronica. Blanket flower, mm-hmm. all perennials that do great in winter sowing, and uh, and they should do well in all different types of zones. In mid and late March, I will winter sow hardy annuals. Okay, So these are your flowers that um, are a little stronger, like pansy, snapdragon, marigold, black-eyed Susan. Then, as the the spring comes on, I'll do tender annuals like cosmos, zinnia. Or any annual flower that reeds itself, reseeds itself in the garden works. So great. when you when you say as spring comes on, you mean like around March? Yeah. In March you will do the tender, tender annuals, late March, early April. And not only will I do that, but I, you can also do vegetables and herbs. And you will wait until March, April. Late to March, do, early April. Late March, early April. To, okay. And so if I sow some stuff. In late March. I think the advantage to your method is that they grow quicker. When yes. Be- that's, that's the advantage. They go quicker. You don't need to worry about hardening them off as much. And you don't need to worry if a frost is coming and kills everything, like has happened to me so many times. <laughs> when I plant too early, I get excited, frost comes, everything is dead, have to replant. That's such a great point. Well, now I'll tell you some of the supplies you need to winter sow. Okay. Okay. You'll need, um, and I'm going to show people how to do it with a milk jug. That's what I like to do—a milk jug or a water jug. You need some scissors, or an, and a knife, or maybe some kind of owl—not a hoot owl, but an A W L owl. Okay, okay. Yeah, we weren't. I wasn't seeing the beak of an owl being used. <laughs> I wasn't seeing that. Somebody might have been, you know. You might have thought it was weird. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Before you go on, though, uh-huh. when you say milk jug, just to be absolutely clear, that's a plastic milk jug. Yes, not a paper. Correct. And why can't it be a paper? Because the light. Oh, uh, you need the reason why the milk jug is the preferred method is because light will go through it. That's okay. exactly right. And, and, and glass it'll be more sturdy. And glass would just be stupid, and you could kill yourself. If yeah. you try to cut glass. Okay. You'll also need your seeds. And then for the soil, there's a variety of things you can use. I wouldn't stress too much about it. I I use seed starting mix. However, if you just have potting soil, I've used that before too. Christy, is there a difference? Do you, do you use indoor potting soil? or do I've you, done that before, yeah. Indoor potting soil? I or have. Okay. Is there a difference between indoor potting soil and outdoor I don't think. Or is outdoor just kind of called topsoil? That's probably true. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. The lighter it is, the better. So you don't want to use a lot of heavy soil. You wouldn't want to use compost or you wouldn't want to use soil from your garden. Okay. Though I am really impressed that you're using the word soil instead of dirt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to sound educated now, okay? Okay, where was it? Okay. You need soil. Yeah. You need some kind of permanent marker to label the milk jugs and then you need some clear packing tape or duct tape. Okay? And you may already have all the stuff around your house, right? Uh-huh. If not, steal it. Yeah. Kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't steal. <laughs> It seems like it hasn't rained in a long time, and my water bill was so high last month, I can't afford to water. Oh, what shall I do? Oh my God, could it be? Is it? It is. It's the fairy god water from the gardeners of the galaxy. Stand back, earthly backyard gardener. I bring water to your garden. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, lovely, just perfect. What is wrong with my squash? Instead of little squash growing, I have these shriveled little knobs where zucchini should be. Oh, what shall I do now? Oh, it's the bee team from the Gardeners of the Galaxy.
1: Okay, bee team. Let's pollinate!
0: Of course. That's the problem. We don't have enough bees in the neighborhood. Oh, look at my poor, limp peppers. Oh, what shall I do? The garden is well watered, but the soil dries out so quickly. Is someone coming to save my day? It's the mulch master, my favorite superhero. Here I am to save your day. Oh, thank you, that's great. Oh, wait now, please stop. Can you hear me? That's my peach tree. Oh, well, it was my peach tree. You just needed some mulch, so I made some for you. Enough for the whole
1: summer. Always use mulch. It saves water and your plants.
0: Thank you. Could you also? Or not. The Gardeners of the Galaxy. Superheroes whose adventures do not include exploding heads, melting eyeballs, pummeling, punching, burning, busting, fights to the death, murder, torture, car crashes, shooting, smashing bombs, or toxic masculinity. They just grow things. Thank you. So here I have an example of my plastic milk jug. And the first thing you do is you take the lid to the milk jug and you throw it away. Um, okay. You don't need it. You never need it. Okay. Get rid of it. And really, if you, re- they don't like you to recycle it because it's so small it gets caught between the... I did not know that. Yeah. They don't like that because it gets, it'll it stop the whole apparatus, oh, I so- guess. Yeah. I, oh, man. And then wash it out really well. Give you know, you can stick it in the dishwasher. I just wash mine in the sink, wash okay. your milk jug okay. out, get rid of and make sure it's nice and clean. And then at the bottom, you poke a bunch of holes. I did this with the scissors. You could use a knife or you could use an owl or you can use an owl. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. And I would say I poked maybe about maybe about twelve holes in uh-huh. the bottom and that's for drainage. Okay, very good. Then I... Before you move further, uh-huh. can I tell people how you cut it? Well, that's what I'm going to explain right now. Oh, please do. Yeah. So then you cut the milk jug about four inches from the bottom, and you leave an inch uncut at the back of the jug to create a hinge. I see. And uh-huh. we'll put pictures of this on Facebook uh-huh. for people to see. So that it looks like you can just it has a little mouth and just goes back and forth on it. Then you put about maybe three to four inches of soil in it, mm-hmm. and you plant your seeds according to the instructions on your seed packet. Do you uh, water them right away? Yes. Um, you want to make sure that it's nice and moist so that it looks like wet cake batter. That wet? Wet cake batter. Nice and moist. Okay. That's really moist. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then, make sure you label it mm-hmm. with a permanent marker, because when it sits outside, it's going to fade a that's lot. That's true, that's so make true. Sure. Sometimes I even label it inside, too. So, and Christy, you can't, you've can't. You've, you gotten rid of the, the top of the jug, so the cold air is going to get in, but that's okay? The little top, yeah, the little top, the, the lid that you uh-huh. screw down, the it's lid, gone. The lid, that's the word. It's gone. Throw it away. You don't need it. Okay. But you do need to tape it up. So once you put the hinge back down, tape it up with duct tape or clear plastic tape, and then you stick it outside in the winter. If it snows on it, let it snow. If it rains, let it rain. You put it out there and you forget about it. Christy, if you have a choice, do you want it facing south or any, or west where it gets the most sun, or does it not matter? I don't know if it really matters. Okay. I just stick it in a place where I have room to put it outside. Okay. I put it in all different places. Um, and you do need to occasionally, depending upon where you live, check in on it so that it doesn't dry out. So then and you have to unwrap it? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can, and you can look in. You can look down. Oh. You look down in the lid. You can say, oh, I know why it needs to be watered right now, because it looks like dry cake batter. Okay, if it looks like dry brownie mix, then you should water it, and you can water right from the top, so you don't really need to unwrap the whole no. thing. You just look yeah. down. Okay, yeah, look down at the top and see it. And it's usually around March that I would start looking to see if it's dried out. Okay, or not. so how long has it been out there then? A couple if... months. Really? Yeah. Gosh. And um, usually I don't need to water it at all, but eventually, what will happen is that little seedlings will start to pop up. That must be so exciting. A lot of seedlings. Uh-huh. So many seedlings. You could have tens of thousands of seedlings sitting out there. So, um, are you ready to go to the next part? Because yeah. I have a question uh-huh, yeah. about it. Okay. So, you said you could have thousands of So, say you look down and it's like a mossy carpet of seedlings. Yes. Do you then have to thin that out? There's two ways that people do it. They're very anal retentive people. They'll thin. They'll the thin. Mountain, they'll put them in different little pots and let them get bigger. I don't do that. I go by the method called the hunk-o-seedlings method, which is what winter sowers call it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Hunk-o-seedlings. And so with this method- I think a pirate would call it that too. Hunk-o-seedlings. It's a hunk-o-seedling. You do not prick out individual seedlings to transplant at all. Instead, you just transplant large clumps of seedlings as a group. So maybe out of a milk jug, I may do four to ten chunks of it. They're nicely tangled together so that gives it structural stability in the roots. Oh my gosh. And then the strongest ones survive. Oh look at that. So out of a chunk, you may only get one or two, but they know because they know what that little chunk can support because yeah. it's nature. And right? I would say how many seeds I sow in the jug kind of depends on the plant. If it's um but usually I would try to I would, you know I would I usually pretty sow pretty heavy if it's old seed-huh they're not quite t- too sure about it if the viability new, yeah. you don't know okay but if it's newer seed I might do um maybe I might do like uh, nine seeds wow okay um, for for vegetables uh-huh yeah okay so say it's not flour say you have put zucchini in your little uh-huh. jug I would put I would put two in each quadrant. So a total of eight seeds. So the clump consists of two. Yeah. And then they will fight it out. Yes. Like when you read a seed packet, they always say, plant three cucumber seeds in a hill or Mm -hmm. plant two. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I'm doing tomatoes for the first time this year. With with your winter sowing? Yeah. All right. I'm going to try it. Exciting. See what happens. I got beefsteak tomatoes. So, wow. We'll see what it does. Okay. So different types of containers. Uh Uh-huh. Milk jugs are the most popular way of doing it. But there's lots of other containers that one can use. And this is what I think you're going to love, Edith, because you love to recycle containers. I do? hmm The first thing is that they should be made out of plastic. Uh-huh. And they should be transparent in some way. Like a milk jug you can see through. Or yeah. a, a two-liter bottle, soda bottle. Yeah. You can see through. Okay. And they should have some sort of transparency about them. And they should be able to hold two to three inches of soil... So there's room for the roots. And then there should be room at the top so Mm -hmm. the plants can grow taller. What also works great beside milk jugs are disposable food containers. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. As long as they are plastic and are transparent in some way. Takeout containers. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. So think about the foil. Takeout containers you you get with a plastic, a clear plastic lid. Mm Mm-hmm. That'll work. Ice cream buckets. And I know how you have strong feelings about all the packaging and baked goods. Mm-hmm. All that packaging can be used for winter sowing, Eden. Oh, wow. So, you know, when you get a muffin
1: mm-hmm. and you get this
0: big, huge container, if it's clear plastic and you've got two to three inches for soil. And it already is cut in half. Yes. It's already cut in half. you got to poke holes in the bottom for drainage. That's all you have to do. Yeah. And, okay. and maybe poke some holes in the top for uh, ventilation. I'll still never buy a muffin in a plastic thing, but sure, if you do, that's just perfect. Also, things you get from the deli, con- the deli counter—you know those plastic containers you get? Yes. That have potato salad in it? Yes. Those work great. Huh? I've seen people do it with Ziploc bags. Wow! Take a Ziploc bag, poke holes in the bottom, put soil in it, poke holes in the top for ventilation. That would be so easy because you, you it, can just it. open it and mm-hmm. look to see. Oh, my goodness. Good and then try. what people do is they take, yeah, and they, they'll take it and they'll put it all in a big, huge tub and set it out in the snow. Wow. Well, this is great. Put it in a big tub yeah, and set it outside, all of the whole gathering. Yeah, I've got Make old, sure there's holes in the bottom of the tub. I've got an old wheelbarrow that's broken. I can put him in that, couldn't I? Yeah, I think as long as there's holes in the bottom. Holes in the bottom. For it to let drainage out. Holes in the top. And then, yeah, and holes in the top. That's why you throw the top of the milk jug away so that you get ventilation. Got it. Got it, got it. Excellent. This is exciting. Are you going to do it this year, right? I'm going to do some of it, yes. Now, I'll tell you a secret about, you may wonder, like, how do you get, how many milk jugs did I do last year? I did about 30. Oh, wow. Jeez, wow. You might think, I must drink a lot of milk, right? No, I don't drink milk at all. I went to Starbucks and I called them up and I said, hey. Can you save some of your milk jugs for me? Because they go through dozens every day. Of course. And they said, sure. I also said, as long as you're at it, can I have some coffee grounds? Nice. Have you ever done that? Get coffee grounds at Starbucks for your compost pile? I have once or twice, yes. Lavender they're they're there. happy to give them to you. They are, and they're so nice about it. I just said, would you mind saving it? The, the one thing I would say though is that you when you when you get them from Starbucks and you think this is so great, I got like two huge bags full of And then I went, I'm going to start, I'm going to winter sew tomorrow. And then I didn't do it, and I didn't do it, Uh and then I did it a couple weeks later, and I hadn't rinsed out those. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. There's a lot of rotten milk I had to clean out that was not pleasant. So clean them out right away. Yeah. But you can also use uh, drinking water jugs, too. A lot of those things, you know, distilled water. Yeah. Comes in those jugs. Those are my favorite. Oh, very good. But I've also done it in two liter bottles, too. Well, that sounds great and i'm going to and i'm going to start doing it. next week i'm going to cuz i got all my seed and i got my soil i'm just going to wait for a nice day in the i like to do it outside uh-huh. cuz it gets a little messy but you can yeah. certainly do it inside okay hey listen folks if you have any questions if we haven't covered everything about winter sowing write to us ask us and we'll answer you right yeah it's time for mailbag ring ring Christy, we have a letter this week from Anne from Pennsylvania. You ready? Yes. Okay. Years ago, our daughter had guinea pigs. She used flannel cage covers, and whenever the cage got full of pellets, I'd have her take the flannel cover right out to the compost pile and dump the effluvia there. I love that word. It's a great word. Effluvia. I figured guinea pigs basically compost veggies into pellets, right? And the stuff's organic. In fact... I can attest that guinea pig cage cleanings enhanced my compost pile and my garden soil. Well, (laughs) my daughter's moved away long since, and the piggies have gone to that big Timothy Hayfield in the sky. (laughs) But lately, I have wondered about another compost enhancement from the butts of herbivores. Dear Scat, can oh. you ah can you use deer poop as a compost enhancer for your vegetable garden? Mm. That is my question. They eat mostly grass and shrubs and berries and my perennials they are like mm. cows ruminants and cow patties are good for the garden, right? Mm. I find piles of deer pellets all over my yard. It would be easy enough to scoop them up on a shovel and heave them mm-hmm. on into the composter. Thoughts, answers, ideas. Hmm. Well, I did do some research on this. Look at you go, Edith. Well, yeah, I love research. Uh, so, as as in so many things in gardening, there are two sometimes opposing points of view. Uh-huh. I think it depends on how, oh, finicky or anal retentive or whatever you are. Especially when it comes to compost. I have said it before. I love compost composting myself, Uh and I appreciate composters, but there are some composters out there, Edith. Yes, there are. That are very persnickety. And there are some people who see, oh my gosh, E. coli. It could be E. coli, Mm. you know, and you hear about California with the lettuce and how did the E. coli get there and it comes from some things scat. So that's why I did research and I kind of delved into it a little deeper to see which side I'm on. Okay. Right, because I'm not only interested in about the deer scat, but also cow. Cow, horse, all of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I read was E. coli has been discovered in the manure of, just like you said, cows, sheep, dogs, horses, birds, oh, and deer. Dear. If compost is managed properly, however, the risks to deer manure can be mitigated. All of it can be mitigated, and the, the way you do that is you let the compost pile heat up which oh, is what yeah. we do anyway. You, yeah, if, if, if I'm lucky, though, I don't know if my compost gets that hot. I'll just let it get old. Oh, know? okay. Oh, okay. Just, just, just let, and I'm just making that up, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Just let it get old. The thing is, you don't want to put it directly onto your garden. Everybody knows correct. that, right? Yes. Not when it's fresh. And according to this, not so much even if you want to be super careful, not even if it's seasoned. So, yes, I would take the deer scat on my shovel, and I would put it into my compost. Because if it's good from a guinea pig, why wouldn't it be good from a deer? Right? If it's good for the goose, why is it good for the gander? Because the gander's so bossy. (laughs) (laughs) So here's the other thing that I found out, and I thought this was really interesting. One, A couple of websites said that the best wild compost is bunny. Really? Bunny pellets. They fact they call it, get this, bunny honey. <laughs> they call it bunny honey. <laughs> Would you like that in your tea? No, thank you, but bunny you honey. could put it in your compost tea. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a whole thing about making compost tea out of bunny honey. You're absolutely right. There are people that have rabbits and they simply clean out the the pellets. Because you know, rabbit poop is it looks soaked doesn't smell. It's like these little, looks like little brown marbles. Yeah, or little raisins. Little raisins. That's all it is. It's raisins. raisinettes. I've also heard that bat guano is really good for the compost pile and your garden. Well, this is weird, but when I was on the road and I would stop at like truck stops, I heard that truckers, they, they, they made this kind of a speed out of bat guano and bat Really, really. And truckers would take it to stay awake. So I bought someone. So <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I was driving from St. Louis to Denver without stopping. And by the time I hit like right west of the airport, I swear to you, I was seeing animals jumping across the highway. So apparently, that guano is good for a number of things. <laughs> what did it taste like? It was a pill. It was just a pill. Oh. oh, gotcha. Oh, my God. Do you really think that they were selling little pellets <laughs> of Dino? De- <laughs> or if no. it was like, I was thinking of like the five-hour stuff, that no, the shot it, that you drink. It was, you it, know? was pellet, it was pills. Okay. You know. It was pills. And I tried it one time, and I don't know if it was sleep exalt- lack of sleep or but whatever. How, how will it help my tomatoes? Yes. Who cares about me driving? How will it help my tomatoes? Yeah, so that's interesting about the bats. I'd not heard that. That's a great letter. Good letter, Anne. Thank you so much. I wish more people would write letters to us, Christy. Well, you know, if you folks have a favorite gardening story, you have a success, you have a flop. Yep. You have questions. Yep. If we don't know the answer, we'll research it. We love hearing from you. Write to us at UpsideDownTulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need to be inspired right now, Christy This inspiration is from Luther Burbank, a botanist Every gardener knows that under the cloak of winter lies a miracle Oh, that's nice I thought it was about winter sewing I thought Luther Burbank was like a trombonist or something <laughs> What am I thinking? I don't know. Because Burbank, California? Maybe so. Okay. I'll research it. (laughs) We got a lot of research to do this week, Ian. Oh my gosh. Okay, everybody, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Larson. If you enjoy Upside Down Tulips, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend. Or your many friends. Do you have more than one? I hope you do. Special thanks to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. If you want to hear more of Denise's music, go to denisegentilini.com or you'll find that link on our website. Oh gosh, we have a friend. We want to thank our friend and talented journalist, John Moore. Thanks, John. Thank you. Don't forget, if you make a mistake, your garden will forgive you.
1: Upside down to <laughs> That's right. All right. <laughs>
0: we need a glass of wine now. We, we're a little out of practice, folks. <laughs>